Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. And as always, I am excited because we have an amazing guest today. He has just written a book called Paper Napkin Wisdom. And that is what we're going to talk about, the wisdom that he has gleaned. We're talking to Govin from Ottawa, Canada. And you know what, Govin? I know your last name, but I don't want to mispronounce your last name. So I'll let you tell us that last name in a moment. But let me just tell you a little bit of background on him. Uh, he has, uh, I guess you would call him a serial entrepreneur and that he started and he's now currently running four companies. Uh, he has an amazing goal, which is to show people everywhere how they can be successful and change the world in the process. And I think he's actually living that goal as he's recently come out with this amazing amazing book, Paper Napkin Wisdom. So, Govin, welcome to the show. And go ahead, spell your last name and tell us how to pronounce it. Sure. Shep, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, my last name is Jay Araman. It's See actually that? phonetic. It sounds, it, it's, it's spelled, yeah, it's J-A-Y-A-R-A-M-A-N. And every letter is pronounced, unlike my first name, which has a silent D-H at the end, which was <laughs> just there to make it tricky to pronounce. But. Well, I just want to make sure when people go on Amazon.com and look for your book, actually, you don't really need the author as much as you need the name. Again, Paper Napkin Wisdom. And that's really what we want to talk about today. But first, a little background. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. And we know you're a great guy. We know you're sure. a hockey fanatic. We uh, Didn't you play – did you tell me you played goalie at one point? No, I didn't. I, I, I played hockey for years and, and, and played everything from center to defense. I was a pretty big guy who could skate fast. So they like to put me on defense, but I, I like to try and sneak up and forward every now and then and, and had a lot of fun playing hockey for a lot of years. And Shep, I know that we share a passion for hockey and, and, and we've talked many times about possibility of seeing a game together. So hopefully we can make that happen. I want to make uh, that happen. My, my entrepreneur. Yeah, let's definitely make that happen. Um, and go sends, by the way. By the way, we're, sure we're just sure so you know game. that uh, even though uh, we, we, we obviously we tape these shows ahead of time, but tomorrow my St. Louis Blues are playing your Ottawa Senators here. Any chance you can make it down? They are. In, in time for tomorrow? Unfortunately yeah. not. Yeah, I didn't think but so. <laughs> that is on the radar. We've got to make that happen. Oh, man, because, man, if you'd have come, I had the red carpet laid out. They were actually going to let us go back in the locker room, hang out with the guys, go to dinner with them afterwards. But I understand you're busy. I get it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's just mean, Chef. That's mean, Chef. That's mean. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. All right, so uh, back to your background. You yeah, started you at a very young age. Yeah, I started, I started my business right away. I, I've actually never had a job per se right away in college in my first year i started a business actually it was a franchise a student works painting so it's one of those student franchises of painting that exists in college uh, i did that for a couple of years and it set me on my journey and and for any young listeners listening right now i mean those student franchises around painting businesses are absolutely a tremendous way to get started lots of support an entrepreneur 101 course really i think a crash course it was it was the launching pad that sent me into uh, different industries. I went into real estate after that uh, and found my way into technology. And I've sort of stayed around technology for quite a quite a while. 
Uh, in 2001, I got involved with renewable fuels, specifically biodiesel distribution. So biodiesel is a natural form of diesel fuel and felt enamored and passionate about making this small change. And I think that's when I started to discover really what my core purpose was. And my, my core purpose really is around small changes that can be a big impact and in turn create a ripple effect that is a big change in the world or something that can change the world. And I really think that's what led me to Paper Napkin Wisdom, that, that Paper Napkin Wisdom is a small change that can have a big impact and change someone's success factor, someone's success pattern, and they in turn can change the world. So think about it as you know, saving the world one entrepreneur, one leader at a time. I love it. Love it. So I remember when you approached me and said, hey, Shep, I want you to write a tip. Give me a tip, but here's the deal. It has to fit on a little cocktail napkin. Uh, can you do that for me? And I thought, well, that's, that's kind of a cool concept. I wasn't, I had no idea. I was not sure where you were going with this concept, but uh, I love what you did. So let's jump right into it. What is Paper Napkin Wisdom? How did it come about? How did it start? Give us the background. So, so the background was that I was at something called Leadership Academy, which is an entrepreneur's organization program where they, you know, you, you apply and they take 25 people. An entrepreneur's organization is a members-only group, 10,000, 13,000 members around the world now. And I felt pretty good about getting selected to go to this Leadership Academy. Went in and the, the dean of the academy, Warren Rustan, stood up and he said that great leaders start every day with intention. And he gave us a recipe to do that, his recipe, which is read 10 minutes of great thoughts, write 10 minutes of great thoughts, and think 10 minutes of great thoughts before you even get out of bed. So when your foot hits the ground, you spend 30 minutes on greatness and can deal with anything that comes your way. I got inspired. You know, I went away, and, and for anybody who's familiar with the name Warren Rustan or has heard, his, heard him speak, it's, he's an inspiring guy, and he's accomplished a great deal. And man, when he said that, I was on fire to do this. So first day, sat down with the book and got lost in the book. 30 minutes into it, I was reading and reading and reading, lost track of time. I have three little kids. They were screaming at each other in the other room. All of the great intention that I had went out the window, and I realized that, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this reading a book isn't a great idea because I get lost in it. What else could I do? And I got inspired to just write down these little snippets that we'd hear. And as entrepreneurs, how many great ideas start on the back of a paper napkin? That's where I take my notes. So when I'd be out with you, for example, or someone else, I'd, I'd take notes on the back of a napkin to follow up on or just to think about at a later time. So I put some of these napkins and shards of paper on my nightstand and used those to be the inspiration, the great thoughts that I'd wake up to every single day. Wow, that's and pretty cool. slowly the word started to spread and people said, hey, could you share those with me? And I did. So, I mean, at some point, you've got all these pieces of paper laying around. How do you put them into some order and prioritize them or categorize them? I mean, what's, what's going on with that? So that didn't come until later. When the word started to spread, just locally, very locally, people said, hey, you know, what are you doing with this thing? And I'd bring these pieces of paper around and, and my wife, you know, asked me to organize myself a little bit better than having shards of paper on my nightstand every single day. And 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 it turned into this podcast, and the and the podcast would be exactly what you participated in. And I had that conversation with lots of people. Now, the thing I didn't understand was there's a there was a challenge to the paper napkin, and I didn't get that until 
the the roles were reversed. I mean, someone flipped it around on me and made me the guest of my own show and said, hey, I'd like to interview you for your paper napkin. And that was Rob Simons. So Rob Simons, who's an entrepreneur at the time, he owned a company called Two Box Studios in Texas. Now he's a he's a business coach with Petra, Petra Coach. Anyway, he he turned the tables on me and he said, hey, I'd like to do yours. And I realized the challenge of taking uh, an experience and writing it down in something so small as a paper napkin. And the podcast, I think, really started to speak to the fact that you could expand on this idea and really drill into not just the pearl of wisdom, but the experiences behind it, because there had to be a reason why you chose that particular thing to share with me, right? And mm-hmm. that reason, that kernel was the source of the wisdom, was the source of the experience, and it just blew up. It became really exciting, and I ended up starting to get really into actually having the conversations and being genuinely curious about where did the origin come from? Why was it this message? Why now? Why why this one? And you asked, you know, how did any patterns? I, I didn't see any patterns at first. You know, I, I collected over a thousand napkins, have done a couple hundred interviews, have released more than a hundred. Uh, I think it's somewhere around 130 on the podcast right now. And so, so fair number but I hadn't seen patterns until I got through almost 100 interviews and about 500 napkins. And there was this very silent pattern that started to evolve. It was almost like thousands of voices screaming the same words in their own voice. It was it was a pattern that almost people didn't even recognize. Um, you've got me intrigued. What's the pattern? So there were two patterns that jumped up. And, and they were – the first one was most of us entrepreneurs who scale companies – only really hit that sort of magical path once or twice. You know, very few of us do it repetitively. Very few of us do it 400 times. Like, for example, like a Richard Branson. But, uh, but, but, but those of us who do it a few times don't have enough reps to really call it a pattern. And one of the things that we do when we're in that sweet spot of creation, when that we're in that really sweet spot of creating contribution in the world, we recognize that time is our most valuable asset, not money. And we spend the time in this sort of guideline. It's sort of five guidelines that spend our time. And then there's a five-step process that's beyond that. So the, the, the guidelines are, number one, we recognize that multitasking is for computers and not for us, not for leaders, not for entrepreneurs. And okay. there's a science behind it, right? 80% of our brain, when we're focused on one activity, goes to that one activity. But when we're distracted and we've, we're so-called multitasking, we only get 10% of our brain on one thing and 10% of our brain on the other. And the remainder of our brain just sort of bounces back and forth between the activities. So think about those moments of high focus, high intention, high creation. You're really just doing one thing at a time. You're really focused on it because you're so passionate about it. And we call it passion, but it's really a recognition that multitasking is not for us. Okay, so All right, so one. that's number one. And by the way, in just a moment, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit these other other points. But go ahead. Give us number two. Then we'll take a short break. And I want to get in to what some of the wisdom that can be gleaned from these paper napkins are, especially some of the, the more exciting and fun ones that you want to share with us from the book. Sure, you bet. Uh, so, this, so go ahead. Give us number two. So number two is there's no such thing as priorities, just priority. 
is the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, but 80-20 rule on steroids. What's the one thing that makes everything else unnecessarily relevant? And that single-minded focus towards that one priority becomes a real great accelerator uh, in this in this sort of equation around time. Mm-hmm. Good, good. All right. So when we come back from our break, we're going to hit three, four, and five. Then we're going to get some of this wisdom. And you mentioned there was another list uh, that you wanted to did I hear that? Did you say there were two lists of five? Yeah, that's right. Great. Well, we're going to come back. Yeah, that's, and, the, yeah. that's the actual five steps. Too. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to get into that, that's too. That's the five steps that are in the book. There's a lot to talk about in a short period of time, but we're going to do it. So don't go away, everybody. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken. We'll be right back. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking to Govin about his newest book, Paper Napkin Wisdom, available everywhere and, of course, on Amazon.com. Govin, we, we talked about these five guidelines. Uh, you talked about multitasking priority, number one and number two. Uh, three, four, and five, let's jump into those, and then I want to hear about some of this wisdom. You bet. So step number three is we're talking about accelerating time and making the most out of it is the truth about all bottlenecks is are at the top. Every single bottleneck exists at the top. The way we change, the way we look at things is the way we actually perceive them to be true. And our perception is true. So when we need to change, we need to change the way we look at the world. So the world we look at changes. So leaders recognize that it's really a fundamental shift in their own perception that's going to take them to the next level of success. And then when they're doing this, it takes them to step number four, which is really a quote from Albert Einstein which is if you can't explain it simply, you just don't understand it well enough. And this is where the napkin came into play, right? That challenging people to express things simply move them through complexity, right? There's, a, there's this notion, Oliver Wendell Holmes talked about it, where that I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity, but I would give my right arm for the simplicity on the other side of complexity. And the notion is just that you have to work through complexity to get back to something simple. And when you do that, that's when you get this really powerful notion. And number five, every right. Simple is not always easy, right? No, simple is actually simple is really not hard. always easy. And I know, I know. And people, I here's five simple steps. They aren't that simple. No, they're simple. They're just not easy. And that's the key. What you said right there, Shep, is the key. This is simple. It's not easy. And here's the fifth point around that piece of ease, the the, the easiness of it. The great people on this group, when they were doing things and accelerating contribution, accelerating time, you know, having this exponential sense of time, they recognize that the pen is mightier than the sword, but accountability is stronger. And what that really means is everybody understands here on this, on this call that writing down a goal is better than having one in your head, right? People who write down their goals most, are more successful. Right. 
But people who write down their goal and provide weekly progress reports to a group of peers, think about it as a mastermind group, a forum, an accountability group, whatever you want to call it, but they volunteer accountability on a weekly basis, get double the ROI of people who just write down their goals. And the number is when they take successful people through this, people who actually write down their goals are 36.7% more successful than people who don't, right? People who write down their goals and provide weekly progress reports to a group of peers are 76.7% more successful. Okay, that's that's the power. That's why, you know, when you need to have meetings with people so they can share what they're doing, share what their progress is, and and that accountability that's there. And it's not a beat-up session. No, no. It's just the fact that you do and you, you, you go through the process. That's right. So going through the process and committing to it and volunteering that accountability group of peers. Again, the word peers is important. It's peers to whom we're accountable. We feel less accountable to a superior because they're different than us. But creating peer groups of accountability is a real strong thing. So just think about it. If you take the multitasking piece and the, and the, and the pen is mightier than the sword piece, the accountability piece, just take those two multipliers. So that's 10% on one activity versus 80% if you're if you're focused, right? 10% on two activities each. Right. 80%. That's an 8x ROI, right? Then you add it to the doubling of your time that comes from being accountable and you're executing at a minimum of 16 times better than everybody else. This is why for those people who just get stuff done they do it way faster. They, you think that they've got 28-hour days and they've mastered something about time management. It's not. They've mastered their energy and focus using these five guidelines. And that was one of the things that came screaming out of, the, out of Paper Napkin Wisdom. When people shared their stories, in those moments of acceleration, in those moments of exponential contribution around time, this is how they did it. Wow. Wow. All right. So you've, you've hinted. I, I, I need to know. I want to hear. I think our listeners want to hear. Give us some of what's in Paper Napkin Wisdom. What's some of the wisdom? Yeah, so so the napkin. What are your favorites? Oh, I mean, I, I have so many favorites. The best way to do it is to organize it in the five steps, right? So now now the, in the backdrop, you've got these guidelines, but the question becomes, how do I pick my priority then? What's, what's the big priority that I need to focus on at the right time? And that's where where we all fall down. How do we prioritize? What's the order in which we prioritize things in? Because it's really one thing, not several things. And again, in looking at the thousand paper napkins and the hundreds of interviews, it was all these different voices saying the same words in their own way. And step one became your secret weapon. And your secret weapon was this this notion that successful entrepreneurs and leaders were driven by this sense of resilience, the sense that they understood that their belief system, their process started with them, right? They, they had this, and some people call it the soft stuff, but the soft stuff is really the hard stuff. It's the discipline. They had this uncommon set of discipline. The more successful we found people, the more disciplined they were about especially routine and mindset around how they approach things. So we'd hear things like from Rory Vaden, one of them was fantastic. It was uh, success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. Pay the rent. Love right? it. So love it. And I love Rory Vaden. He's, he's an awesome dude. Awesome dude. Um, Peter Shankman said, fail often. And that sounds simple. But what he added to that was that, look, when we fail, 
And we, when we fall down, we, we get a surge of dopamine. Let's not waste that dopamine. Let's not waste that rush, that, that fight or flight that we can use. Let's use it for our bodies, use it for our minds, and rechannel it again against our priority. Right. Passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your paper napkin was phenomenal in this section as well. Oh, and great. Go ahead. Tell them. Something tell phenomenal. Them. Right. <laughs> sure. Yours, yours, yours was great, Shep. You said those who are successful do, and those who don't won't. It's not that they. It's not that you don't know what you need to be doing, but you make a conscious decision away from it, and that conscious decision to word it is what successful entrepreneurs do, successful leaders do almost every single time. And it sounds amazingly simple, but it's not easy. Right. right, and, and that's, and that's the step point. number one, your secret weapon, your mindset. All right, the secret weapon. I like that. Step number two. Design your path. So once you've got the necessary building of your foundation, right, to, you know your mindset, you know where you are, all of these people in those moments of creation designed a path. Now, path sounds a lot like vision when I talk about it, but it's much more than that. It's knowing measurably the twists, the turns, the the altitude shifts along the way toward your destination. It's a material understanding, not just of where you want to go, but how you want to get there in detail. It's the complexity, right? It's living in that complexity. It's understanding, you know, Rick Sapio, a phenomenal entrepreneur in Texas, shared his doorman principle. Who's in your room? Right. Who is in your room? Who the people who are in your inner circle help to define your future because their values come into your world. So how are who's the doorman to your world? You are who you're with. Yeah. Right. And then mm-hmm. uh, Good. there was also Good. this also. So are there some are there some. Uh, yeah, there was another one. We'll go, I was going to ask if there's any paper napkin wisdom within this uh, step number two. Absolutely. So step number two was was started with Rick Sapio. Uh, another design your path. Does, Mm-hmm. And then the second one, a great one, was that growth is not an addition thing. It's a subtraction thing. What do you need to let go of to move forward, right? So many times we think about growth when we're building that path and we're building that vision as everything being incremental. But actually it has to do with less, more focus, more precision, more understanding around what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And that was from Greg Crabtree, uh, believe it or not, a CPA, but a phenomenal entrepreneur as well. Jay Papasan wrote. Yeah, sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. So Jay Papasan wrote. Jay Papasan wrote, "Defending your yes." He said, uh, "You know, he talked about the, do- the domino effect of of getting down that lead domino. That that what's that one thing that knocks down every other domino? What's that one thing that makes every other thing either unnecessary or relevant? And that's that complexity of lining these things up, right?" And Jack Daly, my co-author in the book, actually even contributed a napkin in this section, which was modeling the masters, understanding what those who have done successfully before you can help you to build your own path for yourself in great precision and detail. So find somebody that you admire and and use them as your case study. Absolutely. And even reach out to them as your case study. In, in the case of Jack, he he went out and saw it. A couple hundred mentors. Interestingly enough, he sort of did his own paper napkin wisdom journey prior to joining me online. Wow, wow, which is pretty cool. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to go through the next three steps, get a few more of the napkins. And and by the way, when you read this book, you actually, it, I mean, you uh, you actually show the the napkin, right? Absolutely, you see the napkin. You have a a short write up. Uh, and then access to actual whole podcast interview as well, right in the book. 
Right. That's pretty cool. So it's uh, it's not just a book. It's an interactive uh, media extravaganza. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. We're going to be right back. We're talking with Govin about paper, napkin, wisdom. My name's Chef Hyken. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio, and we're talking about Paper Napkin Wisdom. Uh, a great book, and I, I love the book. And by the way, not just because you asked me, Govin, to contribute to the book and you accepted my contribution, which, by the way, I'm extremely flattered and honored. Uh, but we're going through these five steps, and with each within each of these five steps, uh, and it's part of the process that's in the book, uh, you have these different uh, pieces of wisdom that have been written down on a paper napkin. So uh, we're at step number three. What is that one? So step number three is your playbook. So once you've got your secret weapon, which is step number one, nailed, <clears throat> and you've designed your path in great vivid detail, then you're on to your playbook. And your playbook is the systems and, and tools that you do to measure your progress along the path. And, you know, the paper napkins that come in here are from people like James Clear, who talks about the law of compound effort. His paper napkin is actually systems are greater than goals. And his point is if you're always improving by 1% every single day and you can measure the 1% improvement, just 1%, you create the hockey stick of growth, right? The very elusive hockey stick of growth. Uh, other paper napkins in this section talked about what do you measure? What are the things you measure? What are the vital factors that you measure? And, and uh, Michael Cato, a very successful entrepreneur from California, talked about don't forget Dr. Chang and your vital factors. And what he does in his business is he assembles his entire leadership team from around the country every month to go over the vital factors of his business much the same way that a doctor would give a person a physical. Right? So to check on exactly how things are performing, looking at that those numbers and making course corrections on a monthly basis. And he's got a you know, a, a team of people all across the country, yet he can still do it. Mark Moses, who's a very uh, well sought after, uh, among the most sought after CEO coaches in the world, talked about how how the, 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 the necessity to define, measure, and manage everything you do. And he actually said that in his experience in coaching CEOs, those who have a much better understanding of how they're getting things done successfully and where they stand have a materially beneficial outcome. They're, they perform way better than everybody else. So this this getting down and understanding. And, you know, P Peter Drucker. That's right. Well, go ahead. Peter Drucker used to say something like, you, you can't manage what you don't measure. And you, and, and you can't lead what you can't manage. Something to that effect, yeah. So Right. So Well, there you go. So it all ties together. Measurement is very important. Measurement's critical, and that's the playbook. And and here's and, and the playbook also includes the the things that you know you need to do at certain critical points. You know, turn left, turn right. But how do you know that you've actually reached the junction? What are you measuring? What's what are you looking at out the front window? Uh, 
So having that set of dashboards built out allows you to move into step four, which is your key players. So think about it already. Now, step one, secret weapon. Step two, design your path. Step three, your playbook. Now you're into your key players. Many times as entrepreneurs, we're out there hiring people, bringing people onto our teams, growing our teams before we've even figured out these first three steps. And we figure them out on the fly. And that's why we have such a lack of alignment. But when you do it this way and your key players come in, then you have such great paper napkins like the one from Adam Robinson who's successfully scaled a couple hundred-person organizations, tech companies, from zero to a couple hundred persons and exits. And Adam said, you know, hire great people and get out of their way. Well, how do you get out of their way? You give them the playbook. You show them where you want to go. You let them know how to get there and show them how to measure your progress along the way. Right, right, right. Brian Scudamore, founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, talk about people, people, people. Right, it's all about people. And and again, it becomes all about people when you can show them the way. It, it's, it's almost impossible for you to bring people into the team and then say, okay, here's where we're going to go. Uh, let's figure it out together. Right now, figuring out how to get there is definitely something that you need them to do. You need great people to come in and deliver exponential results. But you can't do that if you have no sense of where you want to go. There has to be an end in mind. Or how you can measure your progress along that path. Good. And number five. Number five. So number five, once you've got your key players, it's about the heart. So what's the role of the leader once you've surrounded yourself with your key players? It's to be the heart, to be the cheerleader, right? And the the paper napkins that come out of it are ones like the one from John Rulin, The Law of Reciprocity, and he talks about is what you appreciate appreciates. Think about that as a notion, right? When you appreciate people, when you appreciate your team, when you appreciate parts of your company, what that, that, that thing that you appreciate actually appreciates in value at the same time. And what is the system and process you have around recognition and appreciation? Most leaders, and, and this was what came out in step five, the heart, most leaders actually delegate and empower their teams to a certain degree to handle recognition and appreciation, but that's the one thing you cannot delegate. You cannot put on someone else. The, the, the paper napkins also included messages like there are three steps to greatness, and Darren Kwan shares those things that actually inspire greatness in your team. How Rob Simons, who I mentioned earlier on, talks about how stories change the world. Right? How Jen Lim, who wrote the original mm-hmm. um, purpose book over at Zappos and, and now is CEO of Delivering Happiness, she talks about how it's really your job to sprinkle dopamine around the office. Make it a great place to be, a happy place to be. And that's the role of the cheerleader. And many times we forget that that's our role right. at that stage. Powerful. And I think that's so important. The, and those are the five The steps. leader needs to be the cheerleader. The leader needs to set a vision. Uh, I once interviewed um, a, a number of executives, and one of them, I said, you know, you're so busy. You have so many things to do. What do you think the most important thing you do is? And he said, basically, I keep everybody in alignment. And I go, it, like, you beat them into submission, <laughs> you, you know, and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. And he says, I, you know, he says, I'm the coach, I'm the manager, I'm the the cheerleader. He didn't use the word cheerleader. He says, but I get people fired up to want to go forward. If I see somebody veering off course, it's my job to get them back on course. 
And uh, I, he, he said it's education. It's not beratement. And uh, I think at some point in our conversation you mentioned that uh, briefly. But these are all great. So how many, how many uh, napkins total in the book? So the book is organized in the five steps, and it's a bonus step. The bonus step is a life and business by design. So you go through the five steps, and you can actually extract from this some benefit into your life, some mm-hmm. great benefit into your life. And, and it's either that you're living a life by default or life by design. And, and the wheel sort of steps that if you go through the secret weapon, design your path, your playbook, your key players, the heart, and life by design, you can keep on getting more life by design by reengineering all the way around the wheel. The, the book is organized into the five steps. There are 52 napkins, so one napkin a week or one napkin a day. You can do it any way you want. Mm-hmm. And just think about the book organized as you have the napkin, you have a brief write-up, you have a link to the podcast where you can actually listen to the entire half-hour interview with the person that, that is the contributor to that section. And then there are two pages in the book that you can actually use to write out your takeaway value. I ask five questions. You know, Jack and I came up with five questions for every single one of these napkins about how people can introduce this idea into their lives. And those are things that you can inject over the course of a week, over the course of a day, if you're very aggressive, or over the course of a month. But the idea is that people can work through these things and make it come alive for them, which is why the tagline of the book is your five-step plan for life and business success. Right. In this book, we take you through a journey that allows you to build your own plan. Wow. I love it. And that's and, and, and that's you, you, the best thing about the book, in my mind, is, you know, if, if you took all of this together, great. And I think your goal is a very lofty goal. I always have a different goal in mind when I read a book, and that is, is there one idea, one gem that I can get out of this that's going to make a difference? It's going to make it worth the few bucks it costs to buy a book and the little bit of time it takes to read it. In this particular book, uh, while I, I'm not crazy about all 52, I'll bet you I'm crazy about 42 of them, which, by the way, is a lot more than just one. And not that the other 10, uh, I mean, I'm just they're not as relatable to me. And I think as people go through this, they're going to see. Uh, and I will argue, however, I will argue that if you put every one of those 52 in front of me, that I'll figure out a way to utilize it, think about it, interpret it, and make it come to life. Uh, just there's so many good ideas that are popping out of this book. And, Govin, the way you've gone about it is unbelievable. Um, You know, I recently wrote a book, Amaze Every Customer Every Time. It's actually a couple of years old now. And it's got 52 tools, just as you have your 52 napkins. And each one of these, I argue with my clients, every one of them will work. Some will work better than others in different businesses and for different personalities. But I can guarantee this, and I think you can too, that anybody that picks up this book, they won't get just one idea. They'll get multiple ideas that if they decide they want to use them, will change their lives. It's that easy. And it's that simple. <laughs> it, it is that easy. It, it, is, it is that simple. And, and you know, here's the hard part. The, the not easy part, usually with books, is that it become so difficult to take action on everything that you get. But this book is built in with pauses for you to actually take the time and take action. And, you know, it's, I really believe that this book can help people make small changes in their lives and they can make a big impact in their, in, again, in their lives, in the lives around them. And because 
this is really geared to leaders, entrepreneurs, difference makers, that we can save people one entrepreneur at a time. We can make a big difference in the world by implementing these five steps. And that's really why we did the book. Well, Govin, you're a gem and really appreciate you being on the show. This is this has been great information. Love that you've taken us through your process, what you were thinking. You've given us a glimpse into what some of those napkins are. Uh, everybody, if you're listening to this, you need to go out. Uh, it's it's like uh, the Monopoly game. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 uh, until you go buy this book. So just go to Amazon.com, Paper Napkin Wisdom. You're going to love it. My name's Shep Hyken. This is Amazing Business Radio. Glad everybody tuned in. And remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.